as a history, what are you saying? You're implying that it has an intriguing past, something that has been passed down from generations to generations to generations. This book has a history. It has helped millions, right? You know, overcome this disease that you weren't supposed to overcome. So th this story explains how to identify the problem, how to apply the solution, and how to achieve ongoing recovery. Or I could even say ongoing awakening. So how to identify the problem, how to apply the solution, and how ongoing awakening. If the word story doesn't really jump at you, cross it out and write the word directions. The directions how many thousands of men and women have recovered. Wow, now it sounds even more deeper. The directions how many thousands, because that's what we got here. So when you put, you know, something, you know, if you're building something, like I got my son a, um, a little model car for Christmas, and we put it together the other day. We followed the directions because mm -hmm. why? Because I used to build stuff and never followed. I look at the manual after I put it together to make sure I, I don't have any parts left over. And that's so we, how many times did we build something, <clears throat> excuse me, mm -hmm. without looking at the directions? And you got 10 screws left over, and what does this part mean? You know, and then later on you find out why. You know, it doesn't sound working properly or correctly. Here we have step by step, clear cut directions that what produce results backed by promises, which are the results. Then we have how, the story how. How means a way or a means. Like, here's how it's done, or how it works. You know, how, trust God, clean house, work with others. Selfless service. Pass it on to those who wish to have it when they're ready. How? How? It's done. Many thousand men and women, you know, um, first edition said, story, how many men have recovered? Because men in those days met men and women. It was just a way for a you know, they recovered humans, but that became a thing of the past. Matter of fact, one of the was it a woman in a was a guy that said it and stuff like this was never even mentioned back in those days but they said you know this book could be around for a long time we don't want to make it sound like it's a men's movement and eventually they changed it um the, the 1000 men and women you know here are the fellowship of alcoholics anonymous you know it was probably more like you know, when the book was written with the hundreds, probably more like 60 at the time. It was 40 when they got the idea, so maybe 40, 60 to 70. But they, but, they, but they knew they were growing fast. It would be minute by the time the book got popular. Um, the fellowship in those days was, like I said, drastically different than what we see today. They knew something was more needed than just gathering in people's living rooms and, you know, to tell them recovery stories, not eating pie, whatever, you know, that they, they had to have more than that. Um, go to page 17. Let's see what that looks like. And he tells us exactly what the fellowship on this page. 
where it says the feeling. The feeling having shared a common peril, that means dangerous, let's say problem, common problem is one element in the powerful cement that which binds us. Okay, so yeah, having sure, you know, shared a common problem, we all got the same alcoholism, it, it, it binds us. But look what it says, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. We all have the exact same problem, allergy obsession, and also the mind and body, the body part, you know, phenomenal craving. We put it in our body, we crave more. Physical reaction, that's why it's uses the word allergy. The mind part is a reoccurring persistent idea of drinking that doesn't respond to reason and lacks choice. That leaves me yeah. to drinking against my will. We call it the obsession. Basically, I have no defense against the first drink because of this obsession and no defense against the second drink because of the allergy. Yeah. That's why we're powerless. We're not powerless to people, place and things or anything else. The common problem that binds us together you know, that's the unity of the fellowship. We're alcoholics together. And that's what the first 100 shared. But they knew that that on its own was not enough to recover from that illness I just described. There was something, you know, bigger that truly connected them. It goes on this page. The tremendous fact, a fact can't be disputed. Remember that tremendous fact where every single one of us so if there's a hundred in here, let's just say every single one of us, that's pretty bold, is that we have discovered a common solution, which is that's four through nine. We have a way out which we can absolutely agree upon and which we can join in brotherly harmonious action. So they discovered a common solution, four through nine, not the common problem that truly connected them. They knew that the common solution is what was the glue. It was the backbone. This book is their story. Today, the fellowship is more focused on the common problem than the common solution. And that's fine. It's just what we're dealing with. But it's up to us to bring the solution. Let me get to the good stuff. Having recovered from alcoholism, have recovered. Just mention alcoholism as an allergy and obsession. Pretty deep stuff. It's not how you were raised or if you're a weak-willed or sinner or that you were teased as a kid or whatever. It's a physical and mental reaction. We're talking about a serious terminal illness if not properly applied with steps. Impossible to stop on your own. That's why we're powerless. It says here we have recovered from alcoholism. The one thing is, is a person with the obsession does not believe we are recovered. Does not believe, you know. And if a person's ever done the steps, they're still fighting it, and they're going to find some physical place to go to to try to beat alcoholism, meaning meetings. But recovered, is that possible? Is it possible? And this is sad, is that, you know, like many in the fellowship do not believe that, you know, there's a way out. They don't believe you can be recovered. Don't even get mad at you. I've had a guy look at me and tell me I'll be recovered when I'm dead one time. You know, we cannot be recovered. We will always be sick, always fighting alcoholism. And we hear that. 
I heard one guy say, this is a dog fight I'll go down to the grave with one time. And the guy doesn't, he goes, I don't need to do no steps. I was like, okay. What do you say to him? Nothing you can say. You can bring the solution. But this is the title page of Alcoholics Anonymous. And the guy says that stuff like that. He can't recover it. At a meeting called Alcoholics Anonymous. I was at an AA meeting one time, a business meeting, and they said, maybe it's a good idea we don't bring big books to this meeting anymore. <laughs> and my, we just sat there and stared at this dude. We didn't get mad. We just said, what's your reasoning? Because you intimidate people when you walk in there with your big book in your hand. And then we also want to make sure our speakers aren't just talking in steps. This guy never did the steps. You know, um, but they think recovered means cured and cured would mean the allergy is completely gone. You know, the, but the, the obsession gets gone and the allergy becomes a new point because it's no longer being fed. But I was told, I was told I could never recover and I believe that. I thought I'd always be fighting alcohol and I believe, um, I was always recovering. I used to tell book thumpers just to get under their feathers and was to tell them that you can't be recovered. And like I said, I never got more than past the third step. Um, recovered is when the obsession has been removed. Since the obsession is removed, it's no longer, like I said, feeding its allergy. Sets 49 produces spiritual awakening and expels the obsession so we can be recovered. 10, 11, 12 is how I maintain that awakening and maintain recovered. The truth is, is if you don't do the steps, you're only going to know what you know, and that is the obsession is still talking to you, you know, how, you know, you can never be different than any, anything. You can never be different than the way you are. Unless you take the action, experience it. When I walked into Alcoholics Anonymous, um, you know, twenty well after a few years, twenty years old, you know, for, well twenty twenty three years now, I don't remember. Close, yeah, twenty four years coming up. But you know, my sitting trip to rehab. I mean, when I got here, I was really sick, and I didn't want to be sick anymore. And I started listening to the people that said recovered. I've been intrigued. It was only, I, I didn't have no legs to stand on. My feet were bleeding. They seriously were. I mean, I was homeless. I was sick. I, you know, and I was ready to get well. You know, I came in this time ready to do the steps. And as a result of, of the steps, my obsession and drink was gone. And what warped my mind for so long was no longer blinding me. That, you know, told me I could never be recovered was removed and all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. It's like, it was like lights went on for the first time. I ceased finding anything, anyone, even alcohol. Sanity returned. This title page tells me I can be recovered. It gives me the right to say I'm Steve Wood recovered alcoholic because it's true. I am recovered. And for that, I get attacked. You know, people say you can't be recovered. I used to get pretty resentful of people like that. And now I just, I realize it's like, if I went to teach calculus to kindergartners, would I get mad at them if they're not paying attention or they care to hear it? No, they're kindergartners. You know, and that's what my grand sponsor told me. You know, I watched the way he handled it, people. I watched a guy want to punch him in the face one time because all he said was, 
you know, your best chances of steps. And he was a saint in my eyes. You know, he, he just walked away and said, thanks for the information. You know, recovered and recover mean the same thing, restore the health. They both are about wellness. Wellness is the opposite of illness. Wellness has become the popular term, you know, and it's a new modern term. It's a great term you know, for alternative medicine to be, to, you know, describes the, the wellness of the mind, body, and spirit. Recovering is a state of mind during the course of wellness being restored to health. As I'm doing 49. Does not say here the story of how many thousands of men and women are recovering from alcoholism. It says recovered. So when I, when I, I've had five back surgeries on my back. My first surgery went 17 hours long. I went to the stomach and the back. And two days later, this big Marine guy comes in there and goes, all right, we're going to walk. And, he, and he's all, and I'm like, what? And he got me out of bed to walk. And it was painful and hurt. I, I got sick to my stomach. I think I did get sick, sick because I was recovering from surgery. The pain of the surgery. I went to physical therapy at home until I could drive and go to physical therapy. I was recovering for like three months. When my back healed and my body could, I could sustain a regular workout. I was no longer in physical therapy. I was, I was in post that. I was no longer recovered. I recovered from surgery. I didn't want to be recovering from surgery anymore. It hurt. It was bad. And, you know, the majority of people meetings today say recovering. And I'll be honest with you. Why do they say that? I put people, you know, it come out of people's mouths. And they're saying that because they probably are recovering. You know? The, the big book says recovered 17 times. Recovers near 24 times as well. 41 times recoveries in the big book twice. And the family afterwards and to the wives in very mighty points. Like, don't bug your husband when he's recovering type thing. I had the willingness to be recovered and I became recovered. I only was recovering for a very short time. If someone wants to say the recovery and all, you know, recovering and always recovering, whatever, it's, it's their right. But it's between themselves and God. It's not my place. But at some point, I hope to God, they sit back and think, what, what message are they sending to the very sick newcomer? You know, that all they will always be is sick. You know, hearing healing never takes place. Always fighting it. You know, always fighting it. And that's, that's a scary place to be. You know, um, I, a, a friend of mine, Derek, used to do the observation of cancer patients. And say there's a room of 14 cancer patients. All of cancer, except for one who thinks he has cancer. And they go to a cancer workshop, you know, or, or um, you know, a wellness group, whatever. You know, support group. And everyone's sharing in there about their diets and their illness and how they get sick and chemo and all that. Then he gets to the guy who thinks he has cancer and he says, you know, I'm not like you guys. I don't eat no special diet. I eat whatever I want. I don't do chemo. And then it gets to the guy who's really sick and he goes, you know what? I'm going to give his, I'm going to do what he does. 
you know, I'm going to get off my chemo and I'm going to get off my diet. I'm going to see, you know, if you can do it, I can do it. See what I'm talking about? That's what happens. It's the real alcoholic. Um, for a person attaining their first day meeting, it makes recovery sound like this, this painful process, but a painful life. And it's not. It's the most beautiful journey you've ever gone. So this is what the first edition um, title page looked like. How more than 100 men have recovered from alcoholism and had a little like clover leaf in there. I don't know what kind of leaf it is. Works Publishing Company, 1939, New York City. Second edition, they added the triangle and they changed how men and women have recovered from alcoholism, thousands of men and women. New and revised edition. It's anonymous A World Service. They abandoned works publishing by the time. New York, New York, 1955. So the circle and triangle, oops, what's that? The circle and triangle, you know, you see it everywhere. You, you see this like Celtic knot. It's kind of an ongoing thing. It's kind of cool. But you see it on the dollar bill. You see it on like medicals, you know, dental medicine, blah, blah, blah. I've seen that one before. There's a bunch of them. You see the, the little circle and triangle. You also see it in the top of the observation world where they see how deep the water goes in the ground. They also see it on top of sewage holes. And they're not far off what I see on the cover of the bathroom door. <laughs> and the circle and triangle, it's, it's very ancient, um, symbolism. So let's look how these circle and triangles come into one. So let's first, we're going to look at the circle. So circles among one of the oldest geometric symbols and it's commonly represents protection, unity, wholeness, which is completeness or perfection. But most important, it means infinity ongoing it does not have a beginning and end point it doesn't have, have a size or corners it just keeps going and going and going right a lot of people don't miss that out in the circle and triangle what that circle really means right it means not just wholeness but it means infinity it just keeps going and going and in spirituality the circle represents this you know the super natural motion that keeps moving moving and moving and in, in Zen Buddhism, the circle refers to enlightenment um, and perfection. Christianity has halos. You see this you know, symbol of uh, uh, holiness above the person's head, uh, saint or holy person. Then we have triangle. They're also one of the oldest geometric symbols, commonly represent the mind, body, and spirit, past, present, and future. And it represents strength. So the ancient pyramids are the ultimate form of strength. And they've been standing for thousands of years on a problem, and it still blows people's mind how these things still stand and how are they built and blah, blah, blah. They're still standing today and we've been around for thousands more years. Why? Because of foundation. A foundation is the base of something, like a foundation of a building. It supports the building, the walls, everything. And are built to last forever. The, the, these, the pyramids 
are the ultimate form of strength because they're a foundation built on a foundation, built on a foundation, built on a foundation, right? Every level is foundation. What does your foundation look like? Right? And is it built on a foundation and built on a foundation? It makes sense when you think about it. So now we're going to put the circle and triangle together. Right? And when you put it together, it turns into oops, fullness, completeness. So how Bill, how did Bill find this triangle, circle and triangle? So the late 40s, Bill was trying to get AA to more parts of Europe and stuff. So he went mid-40s, maybe his first time to go over there. Um, and he was walking around and he kept, he was fascinated by the beauty of the churches in, in England. And he looked at the corner of the stained glass and he kept seeing the triangle up in the corner of the stained glass. And he finally asked the pastor or priest, what does that mean? And the guy said, mind, body, and spirit. And there it was. He had his symbol. And this is exactly what he came up with right here. Right here, that we came up with. Um, happily and sweet whole is because of three legacies. The first le legacy, oops. Oops, I'm going crazy here. Hold on a second. That'd be better for me. Okay, the first legacy is unity, and unity is. I think it's weird. I didn't move my mouse around. Sorry. Um, unity is is our fellowship, right? And where people share a common problem, who give us you know love and support and help to each other and bring the solution. Most importantly, for the for the unity, we have twelve traditions. The twelve traditions represent the principles which support the unity of the fellowship at group level. So our traditions apply to the to the life of the fellowship. They establish the boundaries of our fellowship, and they end the means by which we spiritually live, maintain, and grow. Also, when I think of unity, I also think of God. Next, we have service. Service. If, if you perform duties to, to help another, like an altruistic standpoint, you're providing a service unselfishly, selfless, giving yourself free for the benefit of the person. So we go from a selfish person, a self-centered person, to being selfless. You know, you're asking them, you go from, from thinking about each day what I'm going to do for myself each morning ask yourself who may I serve today other centered service gives us the opportunity to apply our um, primary purpose to carry this message to the alcoholic who still suffers our 12 traditions carry the message is the basic service the fellowship gives to the newcomer this is our principal aim and the main reason for existence but for that we have 12 concepts 
which can be found in the general service manual and of course the appendix in the back of the book. Um, there's so much um, service out there you can do. It's just amazing. You, you know, I was a coffee maker, I was a greeter, I cleaned the bathrooms, I did whatever I could. I was then I was secretary. That's all you want to work up to that. I was secretary and on head GSR. Um, been, I was general service rep for young people in California for a while, East Bay. Um, but there's no greater service than sponsoring. Giving back fully was given to us. You know, service, you should, you know, volunteer your time. You know, it's, what happens, you do so much service in AA, eventually you transfer it. You, it's, you keep it in AA, but you also start going elsewhere, like rehabs and food pantries and feeding homeless. And just, it just kind of, it's, it's just an expression that comes out of us. The last one is the triangle, at the bottom of the triangle. And it's recovery. Recovery refers to the healing after illness from injury. It also means to obtain something back. Like in American football, there's a phrase fumble recovery. You know, the ball is fumbling everywhere, right? Fumble recovery. But for recovery, for this type of recovery, we're trying to get a much more than trying to get our hands on a, on a football that's been fumbling around. And we're trying to get a higher state of God consciousness so we can overcome this, the malady and always grow spiritually, continue. But it refers to our natural state of being. A co-founder, Bill Wilson, referred to it as freedom from alcohol. In other words, recovery is about transformation. Recovery is it's about changing your outlook, your thoughts, your perceptions, so you can become that whole person we talked about. Not just be someone who doesn't drink anymore and dry and goes in and out. What we need for long-term sobriety is emotional sobriety. That's doing the steps. It's about having happiness and freedom. And for that, we have big surprise, 12 steps. The 12 steps are, are the entire foundation. Bill is, Bill in 12 and 12 said, the 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual nature, practice is a way of life, can expel the obsession to drink and enable the suffering to come happily and usefully whole. Beautiful. The 12 steps are the path to, to spiritual progress designed to produce psychic change, a complete mental, emotional, and spiritual shift in perception, right? A rearrangement of personality. The alcoholic's former self, you know, former driven self, this obsession and self-will are replaced with a beautiful sense of spirituality dependence upon God and God consciousness. You know, this, so this deep radical change in personality is absolutely necessary if you want long-term recovery. So, so, so they're the most effective, most effective tool in the history of mankind for that. Um, as you can see, each legacy has a guiding, you know, spiritual principles, 36 and all. The complete symbol represents wholeness, a perfect union of mind, body, and spirit. I had a friend, a dear friend, my friend's dad, and he's still with us. He's 91, I think now. He's got like maybe, he, he would have 50 years. Not anymore. And he has like 
23 years now. He went out when I got here. And he's the first person to hunt down. And I said, where's such and such? Oh, he's not around. And I was like, what? I called his son up. And he goes, yeah, my dad, dad's uh, relapsed. What? And he came back. And I asked him, I said, hey, what happened? And he said, I lost the circle. I lost the circle. And what do you mean? He goes, this guy's a book thumper. He goes, I wasn't going to his main meetings. I wasn't, I, wasn't, I was sponsoring a little bit. I was in recovery. I, I lost everything. I lost the connection. You got to do all three to have that. And blew my mind. Always keep your circle intact. Right? So here's some history of the circle and triangle, what happened to it. Because no longer official aid anymore. So it's the 20th anniversary of the International, uh, 20th anniversary of the AA, the International Conference in St. Louis, that's when they introduced the circle and triangle. That's registered a, a trademark. Big plans for it. In the mid-80s, problems began when the circle and triangle um, began to be used by outside organizations. Novelty items, shirts, necklaces, treatment facilities used it. And of course, birthday medallions, right? A doesn't make their own medallions. Um, in 1986, A World Service um, contracted outside entities that were using the circle and triangle on an authorized manner and took action to present you know, the symbol from being used, and about 170 unauthorized mm -hmm. users were contacted. Two lawsuits were filed, and both were settled early stages. So by the mid-90s, I mean, early 90s, you know, denying civil triangle started to create just huge controversy. And A members were like, this isn't cool. We're going to people, and it caused this big thunderstorm. And A members, you know, were getting birthday chips and no more circle and triangle on it because A was making them then. Um, but they want to know why we're, you know, why is this different? And they didn't like the idea of going out to these people. So in 1993, AA very quietly got rid of the circle, discontinued the copyright of the circle and triangle and phase it out. Um, anyone can use it if they wish, but you will never see it again on, on any, any AA pamphlets or anything. You might see it on a fellowship wall or a door. That's it. That's why it's no longer in, in, you know, on literature in the big book. But sobriety coins aren't, today aren't made by AA. So that doesn't matter. Um, but like the serenity prayer and the slogans, they never had official recognition. This circle triangle is the same, will be continue to be used widely for purposes, and it's a beautiful symbol. One more part of the symbol before we close is how. How? Let's go to page 567, the first page of the spiritual appendix. Hope that's the right page. 567. So let's look at this for this is one page. Most emphatically. So most emphatically means with considerable amount of effort, yeah. right? Um, we, the first 100, wish to say that any alcoholic, now who's that leave out? None of us. Any alcoholic of honestly facing his problems. Notice it says problems and not problem. <laughs> honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover. Didn't say in the light of our experience can recovering be recovering. It says, in a lot of our experience, provided that closed mind of all spiritual concepts. And this is very important. Again, I said earlier, closed mind can't get fed. You're not letting anything in. An open mind, it, it means to consider someone else's ideas other than your own opinions, other than your own. They're saying we must be open-minded of all spiritual concepts. A good idea of a spiritual concept are the steps, right? 
a lot of people might come in religious and go that goes against my beliefs this way the stuff's are or something you've heard it before um that god has understood in part they don't like but they are saying all spiritual concepts are saying here is don't be a hater of religion or another's religion your way isn't the only way your lighter to god isn't the only lighter to god it's it's if you have a concept you know one concept of religion and you're closed-minded against concepts this stuff will be very difficult be open-minded he can only be defeated by attitude and tolerance of religion and denial we find that no one has difficult spirituality of the program people will you hear people say um i'm going to do the spiritual part of the program the program's the steps that was the most asinine comments i've ever heard because every step is spiritual every step step one is the most spiritual step there is admitting you're powerless discovering you need power every step is, is spiritual they're all spiritual willingness honesty open-mindedness are essential to recovery but these are indispensable willingness means to do something be ready and willing to do something i'm ready to do it and it's only demonstrated by action honesty is awareness of where i'm at self-honesty am i powerless of a rock wall or can i control it is my life consumed by resentment or, or am i just gonna blame other people does fear drive my decisions or is it just the way life is you know can i run my, my you know can i run my life or do i need something greater than myself it's all honesty am i willing to let go of my own self i'm willing to accept new terms to live by oh my like i said three times now consider yourself pain on your own can you consider yourself pain on your own essential means necessary recovery means restored to health indispensable means unavoidable so what it's saying here is being ready knowing where you are at to consider yourself pain other than your own are necessary to be restored to health that's the how honesty open-mindedness willingness how it works how it works next week um we will look at the table of contents and look closely at which what is covered in each chapter so help you as a sponsor and everything else and look at the prefacing might no promises we might get into a full into the forwards so i'm looking forward to that <laughs> um the the one thing so two things about the presentation that when I put this together quite a number of years ago was the ongoing part, the infinity of the circle. It's always going. And then there's a foundation built on the foundation built on the foundation. I heard a guy do that. And my friend explained it to me years ago. He goes, you know why it worked? Because he always said to me. So I'm going to stop the recording. Recording stopped. And if there's any questions or statements or rebuttals. <laughs> Maybe just the prayer of St. Francis. <laughs> he can't steal my colleague. Doug, that's the beautiful thing on this program. Uh, Doug. Hey, Doug, recovered alcoholic. Thank you, Steve. It was great. Um, yeah, you hit a couple of things that, that maybe, you know, I now I, I call myself a recovered alcoholic because uh, for years, 
I used to say what I heard in the meetings, which is, uh, I'll always be recovering. And today it kind of makes me a little nauseous. It kind of makes me want to throw up a little in my mouth. Because for years I was also one of those that was just kind of like, you ask somebody how they're doing, they'll say, I'm, I'm hanging in there. And that's what, that's what society was like. Just hanging in there a day at a time, like another day to be endured. And then you know, 20 years of that went through the book and I had enough pain. I see what it said here. Um, and, I, you know, when I say I'm recovered, you know, people come at you. You know, they don't like that. I don't, I don't, I don't you know, for whatever reason, if they think, they, it, it makes a statement when I say that. It makes a statement to myself that I know what I've done. I know, I know the work. I know the problem. I know the solution. And I live in the solution. And I don't live the way I used to live, you know, um, unrecovered. But someone, uh, someone used a good analogy, much like he did with the therapy, right, is that if I get shot, right, and I'm in the hospital, I'm recovering from a gunshot wound. Now, after I get out of the hospital and I've recovered, I'm no longer suffering from that gunshot wound. Doesn't make me bulletproof, right. but I'm no longer recovering from that gunshot. There's things I got to do to stay recovered. You know, I can become unrecovered if I stop, you know, staying in that circle and in that triangle. Thanks so much for a great meeting. Just as well, I've got one recovered alcoholic. Um, it's good to see you, Steve. It's been a while since I've done a Thursday night for you, Friday morning yeah. for me here in Thailand. Um, following on from the, the um, clinical medical terminology, um, <coughs> I'm a cancer patient, recovered, because I was in remission and I got the all clear. Um, while I was actually having the treatment, I was recovering. While I was having immunotherapy, while I was having chemotherapy, while I was going through all the various therapies and medications and everything else, I was recovering. Um, the reason I use that terminology is because a friend of mine who basically the cancer came back and sadly it took them away, the surgeon actually turned around to the oncologist and said he relapsed. Now the thing is I've only ever used that terminology in what we do, but what it was the cancer came back and he used it in a med medical term that, that basically he didn't personally, he didn't relapse. The cancer came back and they said uh, what it was, he went into relapse. So using language we use specific to us, we don't see the bigger picture necessarily of what the language means to all. Do you know what I mean? So that, just for today, um, I carry on looking after myself. I carry on following the guidelines that's given to me by my oncologist, my dermatologist, my everyologist. And basically, you know what I mean? And I stay recovered the same way as I do when I actually carry on working, working a big book, working the steps and sponsoring others and everything else we do. But if I don't, as you, your terminology, your analogy, drop in the book, um, I'm not saying that the first time that I go and start eating sugar and sweets, the cancer's going to come back. However, if I look after myself, I'm not in any kind of relapse mode. So just using the medical terminology in my own experience, it actually sort of like helps me understand what we do here. I know what we do here, but you know, it gives me a nice example to um, explain to people when they ask me, what do I mean by recovered? Mm -hmm. so thank okay. you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Steve. I, uh, I appreciate the, the information and the, the circle triangle. I still uh, print that out and use it uh, um, with my materials that I use for sponsorship. And uh, I always line up the, uh, well, first I explain the, the circle of means also. And uh, the triangle, every corner of the triangle touches the circle. So that makes it an uh, equilateral triangle where all sides are equal. You know, and uh, but I line it up with body, mind, 
sanity for the body, recovery for the mind, and service for the spirit. Now, I, I like the way you did it too, with the recovery of the spirit, but I mean, for sponsorship purposes, I, I don't know if it really makes much of a difference. What do you think? No, it's, I like the way you put it, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, the most important thing is, you know, most people, you sit there at, at, at you know, meetings and people will, will say things and use to draw the A symbol or do it on their, with their hands or whatever. And they don't even know what it means. And it's important to get the word out there that, Hey, you know what, here's the history of it. Here's how it comes about, you know, uh, I like the nurturing of the spirit though. That that's really cool. Um, you know, the, the, the one, the one thing is, you know, I've done book studies over the years and, um, when I was first doing a book study, my sponsor at the time told me, he said, Hey man, he goes, you're good. You're really good, but you're, you're talking way up here to these people. You got to bring it down. And, and it's the one thing, you know, I, I'm talking about, we were doing fellowship halls and stuff and I didn't. I was shocked when he said that. I thought they, I thought everyone understood what I was talking about. But then he says kindergarten, bring it down to kindergarten, explains it as simple as way as possible. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. But I always say if one person gets it, if something that, that's said, that's all that matters, you know? And I did a book study at a rehab for almost 16 years. And to this day, just today, I was at the store and this guy walks up to me and he goes, I remember you, uh, he called us the three wise men. And he goes, you're the three wise men. And I was like, right away, I knew where he was from. And he was still, you know, sober 10 years and looked great. And I was just like, wow. <clears throat> that just me being, just me just having a presence there. You know, it's just, you never know. You know, here's a guy's face I haven't seen in 10 years or vice versa if you recognize me. You know, it's really cool. 